When running a business, your employees can create all kinds of interesting situations, like getting complaints because someone on the team always smells horrible. You better talk to Bambi. With Bambi, get access to your own dedicated HR manager starting at just $99 per month. They're available by phone, email, and real-time chat, so onboarding and terminations run smoothly. Team members reach peak performance, and your business stays compliant with changing HR regulations. And with Bambi's HR Autopilot, you'll automate important HR practices like setting policies, training, and feedback. Bambi's U.S.-based personnel are dedicated to your business, giving you access to the HR expertise and personal touch you need. HR managers can easily cost $80,000 per year, but Bambi starts at $99 per month. Schedule your free conversation today to see how much Bambi can take off your plate. Visit Bambi.com slash C-Suite right now. Spelled B-A-M-B-E-E dot com slash C-Suite. Bambi.com slash C-Suite. Megan Gibson. The well-being of one person in a family affects the whole family system. This is a supportive community to share research, resources, stories, tips, and life hacks to keep the family brain healthy. This is the Family Brain, and I'm Megan Gibson. Today on the Family Brain, I'll be talking with Yane Curry, who is the founder of Next Step Fitness. Next Step is an organization that supports people who are living with paralysis, and they have a number of locations across the country. I've been eager to talk to Yane about his own experiences living with paralysis and how he has been able to take his own experiences and transform the lives of other people and sort of share what he's learned along the way with others. So I hope you enjoy this episode. Yane has a lot of great insights to share, and he also talks about a upcoming cross-country journey that he'll be doing to raise funds and awareness. So I hope you enjoy this episode, and thanks for listening. What I'm curious about, I mean, I have obviously been following Next Step and the creation of your company on social media, and I've been just impressed with how you took your own injury and created this, I would say a movement for people with paralysis. And I'm just kind of curious where you got the idea and how, how the, the early days of next step got started. Um, well, first, thank you so much for having me on your podcast is a true honor and I appreciate it. Um, see, I was injured 12 years ago and, um, the idea for next step really came just, you know, going through the healthcare system and learning a lot about the challenges that people with all types of disabilities are facing and some of the gaps that exist within our healthcare system. And the first kind of eye-opening experience I had was you know, I was in the ICU in California for two months. And at that time, my girlfriend, Susan, now wife, um, started looking for where I was going to do my rehab. And we soon came to find out that there was no progressive rehab anywhere in the state of California. That was extremely shocking. And through a mutual, through a friend at Georgetown, um, we were very fortunate to find a doctor by the name of Susan Arkema, um, who ran a amazing rehab center in Louisville, Kentucky, called Fraser Rehab. And you know, my wife had traveled all around the country looking for the best rehab center, and fortunately, we found uh, Fraser. And she was the first doctor, the first rehab center to give us any hope um, for recovery after my spinal cord injury. And so, obviously, we decided to go there. 
across the country in order to get rehab was just, uh, you know, shocking to me. Um, and the only reason I could do it was because we had the financial means to do it, and I had really good insurance, and they were willing to pay for it. But most people don't have, you know, that ability, so I started thinking, like, what are those people doing? Right. And, um, and then I had an amazing experience at Fraser Rehab. My doctors told me I had no hope for recovery when I was in L.A. And, you know, within a couple of months, I started wiggling my toe. And soon before that, I was getting a lot of, a lot of function throughout my body, so I knew what I was doing there was working. Um, but I was also very fortunate because as an inpatient, I was the first inpatient in the country to have access to what's called locomotive therapy. And even to this day, that's the best therapy for people with spinal cord injury. But there were so many people at the hospital that didn't have access to locomotive therapy and the other things that I was doing um, because their insurance didn't cover it. So that was just, you know, you know, I felt terrible and fortunate at the same time. Um, and while we're Fraser, you know, while I was recovering, I knew that I needed to continue doing what I was doing there for a very long time, if not for the rest of my life. Not only was I recovering, but it was keeping me healthy, getting me fit, um, getting me more independent. But nothing like that was available in California, so that's really where the idea for Next Step came. And what were you focused at all on healthcare issues prior to this injury? Was that something that was on your radar screen, or was this something that only happened once it sort of more personally affected you? Yeah, to be honest, it was only once it more personally affected me. Right. I was in mobile gaming and digital entertainment um, ever since college, and that's what I was doing when I got injured. Oh, I didn't know that. That's cool. Yeah, my only <laughs> the only thing I had to do with healthcare and rehab and fitness was that you know I was an avid athlete and. I was, you know, working out on a day-to-day basis and doing all sorts of different types of sports. So I think that also helped me through my journey because I was in, you know, really good shape when I got injured. Right. And I was used to working out on a day-to-day basis, so working out and rehabbing was nothing new to me. Right. Well, it's interesting to me, as I talk to people on this podcast, what's, what's again and again happens is that until something happens to you, it's hard to always see. I mean you can't pay attention to everything, right? And it's hard to sometimes see the issues that are going on in the world or things that are affecting people unless it's sort of brought home a little bit. Um, And to me, what's exciting about that is it was brought home to you and now you're sharing it so that people can be more aware and and have more information about something that a lot of us just don't see. So I give you... It's not anybody's fault. I had no idea these problems existed before I got injured. I just assumed that if you had an injury like this, whether it's a spinal cord injury, a brain injury, or if you had a stroke, or you know came down with MS or CP or whatever it may be, I just assumed that there were, you know, in the United States, there are going to be amazing rehab centers, and after you get out of rehab, there's going to be amazing facilities for you to go to for the rest of your life. You just assume those resources are available, but the reality is that in many cases, you know, they're not. Right. But, um, you know, and how many next step centers are there now? Um, now there are seven across the country, and our goal, so basically where we fit in is, um, so right now, on average, insurance only covers 36 days of hospital-based rehab. There are six million people in the United States that are living with paralysis. It's a huge number of people that are being affected. And so once your insurance drops you and you get kicked out of the hospital, you essentially have nowhere to go for the rest of your life to get progressive rehab um, and fitness. So that's where we come in, is we took what they offer, the best hospital-based rehab centers out of the hospital, 
to put it into your community setting. So when you're sure of shops, you can still have access to those great therapies and um, fitness services for your entire life. So you can recover and get healthy and become more independent and live a normal, you know, different but wonderful life. Um, so we've built seven so far, and our goal is to open next up facilities, you know, across the country. And, and we're actually opening our first international facility um, in Kiev in the Ukraine in the next uh, month or two, and then hopefully New Zealand as well uh, later this year. Because this is an issue that's facing people you know, all around the world, and people shouldn't have to move to a different city, different country, just to get the rehab that they deserve and need. And so how, is, how are the locations funded? Is it primarily through fundraisers, donations, sponsors? It Does insurance yes, pay for part of it? Yes, all our next episodes are nonprofits, so we rely heavily on donations uh, to operate. We charge about 30% of what it costs us to have somebody in our facility, um, so we have to make up that 70% difference through fundraising. Um, and we do that because we're trying to our ser- we're not doing this to make money. Right. We're trying to make our services as affordable as possible to people from all socioeconomic classes. And hopefully one day insurance will cover what we're offering. And hopefully people will not have to pay out of pocket because they shouldn't have to pay out of pocket for these services. Well, I love what you're doing. I'm curious, what, what in those early days of you finding resources, I mean, the podcast is, about, podcast is about mental health. And I'm just wondering, what sort of went through your mind when you... I mean, it, it seems from the outside that you're just incredibly resilient, that you just were like, all right, let's do this. Was that always the case, or was there were there times where you're like, eh, I don't know if this is going to work? Um, well, obviously, right after my injury, um, it was a very, you know, traumatic time, and um, it was a very tough time. I was in the ICU for two months, and at that point in time, I was just battling for my life from yeah. being alive. Um, so I wasn't thinking anything about next step at that point. It's just let me uh, survive, get healthy, and start my rehab. You know, but I was extremely fortunate because I had a very strong support network. You know, from my family to my girlfriend, Susan, now wife, my sister-in-law, and, um, all of my friends. You know, I had hundreds of people visiting me, um, and that was you know the reason I got out of it. Without that support network, you know, I wouldn't be here today. And, you know, unfortunately, a lot of people don't have that support network. So it's extremely, you know, important that there are resources for people, you know, that are, you know, fighting these type of battles on their own. Uh, but mentally, yeah, it was having those people around me that really got me through it. And, um, you know, that, you know, my motto in life is the word um, SISU, S-I-S-U, and that's, you know, basically, you know, being courage in the face of diversity and uh, never complaining. And I kind of just took that motto and, I've been running with it ever since, but like I said, I had access to amazing rehab and had a lot of people around me, so that's really what, what got me through it. But Well, and as um, you say that, it makes me think that Next Step is really not just about the physical aspect, then. It's really what you're creating as a community of people who are supporting you behind your journey. Is that, I mean, I'm, I'm guessing you've met just incredible people through this process. Yeah, absolutely, and we try to act as a resource center for people. So we are specifically focused on mental health. We provide those resources, you know, to the, those resources exist um, within our community and we direct people to those resources. Um, but within Next Step itself, um, the mental side of it, real, the, the really and the psychological benefit that you get from physical exercise and the rehab 
is just uh, absolutely incredible. So once you start getting healthier, and once you start becoming more independent, obviously, mentally, you're going to become more positive. And when you see people in the facilities that are getting better and that are positive and are going back to work and starting careers and going back to school and starting families and starting relationships and, you know, living out their life despite their challenges, that's just very uplifting. And we see it happen very quickly. You know, people come in, whether it's right after their injury, weeks after their injury or 20 years down past their injury after their injury, we very quickly see changes, you know, mentally and psychologically, you know, um, because they just, you know, once you start getting healthier and feeling better, it's just, you know, it's reciprocal. Right. Well, I honestly, I love following your Facebook page for that reason. I love the videos that are posted just because it's like, yeah, go for it. It's just, you see people working and pushing themselves beyond what they think they can do. You know what I mean? It's just, I love watching them. They're, they're inspiring to me. So I appreciate it. And I think the other big component that a lot of people don't think about is um, the family. And, you know, when something like traumatic like this happens to somebody, it doesn't just affect, you know, it didn't just affect me. It affected my entire family and all of my friends and, you know, coworkers and everybody in my, you know, um, circle. It's very traumatic for all of them. And it changes their, flips their lives completely upside down as well. You know, my girlfriend had to quit her job and move to Louisville with me. And imagine what it's like for a parent when their child, you know, gets paralyzed. It uh, affects them just as much. And in many cases, you know, it's the husband or wife or son or mother or father that eventually becomes the caretaker. So, you know, they need as much emotional support, you know, as anybody. Um, so very often, like, you know, you see when, you know, a mother comes into next step, for one, you know, they get to talk and meet people that are going through what they're going through as well and learn from them and share their experience. And but they also, a lot of times, they get to drop off their family member, or, you know, their son that got injured for a couple hours, and now they get a couple hours to themselves to do whatever they want to do, whether it's, you know, run errands, go to a movie, you know, you know, do, you know, go exercise, do whatever they can't do when they're caretaking to their loved one. No, I love that. I love that, that it is a real true community. And you can see that in, in the work you're doing and the, the materials you put out. You can see the connection between the people that are showing up and the people that work there. And it's it's a very, it feels like a very positive place. Yeah, so we're extremely fortunate that every, it all comes down to, you know, the, our training staff and everybody that's in there. You know, we are not making millionaires and that step, you know, the people that work there are doing it for one reason and one reason only because they're passionate about helping people and they're dedicated to improving their lives and, uh, you know, and they, you know, their heart and soul is into the work and that step. And, you know, without that, we wouldn't be the organization that we are. And, you know, our staff, they are, you know, they're, they're hands-on with our clients. And for, for a lot of times, you know, they're our clients last over place. They rely on our trainers. Um, in order to get better and you know, live a healthy and happy life, so it's, I don't think you know it all goes down to that. It's awesome. What? Um, see, this is one of the times that it needs to be edited because I just had a good question and then it just went out of my brain. Um, what was I going to say? Um, dang it! Um, was it about the ride? Was it about? I wanted to end with the ride. Um, 
Oh, I know what I was going to ask. Okay. It always just takes me a second to have it resurface. Um, I was just curious, like, so one of the reasons that I have this podcast is I really want to share information with people like, so, so people know better how to support and love people in their communities, in their neighborhoods, in their families. So what would be something that you would recommend or things that you see over and over again, like, don't do this, or this is a good way to support people, but like, this is annoying and patronizing. Like, what are things that, that you find that you wish people knew more about in terms of supporting someone who is going through this kind of recovery? Um, you know, I would say, I would say people just want to be treated, you know, treated normal. I think that would be the number one thing. Obviously, you know, and a lot of people are afraid to ask for help. Um, but so, you know, I appreciate when people, um, I try to do things as independently as possible, but sometimes I do appreciate when people offer to help. You know, if I'm carrying a bunch of bags and it's very hard for me to get door open, it's nice when somebody asks to open the door. But, um, but also just don't treat people like, you know, they're, you know, people sometimes treat me like, you know, like a child mm. and, um, you know, I don't get offended. You know, I understand that people are just trying to be nice and help out, but look, I just got, I have an injury. That's all. I'm still the same normal person I was, but I just get around a little bit differently. That's, you know, that's the only difference. Um, so yeah, just treat people normally. And, uh, um, and also for, you know, the other thing I'll say kind of separate to this is to anybody out there who's not involved in giving back, like, I'd always talked about it, but I never, you know, got off my ass and did anything. Um, so, uh, you know, I talked about it for years before I got injured. So this injury was kind of a blessing in disguise. It gave me a true passion in life. But I'll tell people, like, you know, don't wait to get punched in the face, you know, before you do anything. Like, get up and, you know, start giving back to your community. Even if you don't know what you want to do, just start, you know, Go research organizations and start helping out so you find something that you really love to do. I love that. And that's another theme that I feel like I've seen in the podcast is that people who have gone through, like, difficulties of, of whatever kind, it creates oftentimes in maybe in healthier people a, a true passion, you know, to, to help make change. And I think you have to be relatively healthy to begin with, I would say, to be able to notice that and, like, rebuild. Yeah, no, I can agree with you more. Absolutely. So I wanted to talk to you a little bit about this race you have coming up. And um, I I didn't know this was in the works, but I, I read about it the other day. You're doing a ride from L.A. to D.C. And where did you get this idea? Um, it actually started a couple of years ago, um, a bunch of friends. Um, it's actually really cool because, you know, I only knew a few of them. Um, before they did this amazing bike ride from Denver to Los Angeles. Um, I was friends with a few of them, and then they kind of organically got this group together, and a lot of them didn't even know each other part of this trip, and they decided to raise money for a wounded um, service member scholarship fund for Next Step by riding bikes from Denver to uh, Los Angeles. And when I met them at the finish line, um, you know, and speaking with them that night, they just had, you know, the absolute time of their life. Um, getting to know, know know one another and going through all the challenges that they went through on the journey and I was like man that you know that seemed like such an amazing experience and uh, you know not only that they raised like $150,000 and I've seen where that money's going to support the vets at Next Step and uh, see what you know the impact that they had and 
you know, right after their journey, I was like, I, I gotta do something like that. That just seems so amazing. And, you know, before my injury, I was, you know, very adventurous um, type person. And, you know, since my injury, I've done a you know, been fortunate to do a lot of fun things and travel, but I haven't really gotten on like a true adventure. So, you know, it kind of just occurred to me after their trip that I want to do something similar. And then I just, you know, somewhere I just said, you know, why don't we do a trip across the country? And we've been kind of talking about it for the last couple of years. And, you know, I don't think anybody really believed that we were going to do it. And then at our board meeting this December, I just kind of talked to our board and said, let's just do this and let's do it this March. Otherwise, we're never going to do it. So yeah. Kind of, you know, it just ignited the spark. And uh, I kind of wish we had more time to plan, but I, I'm pretty sure that if we don't do it now, we're never going to do it. So Right. It's um, like jump off the diving board. Like, this is time. So let's let's yeah. go time. Yeah. That's... And, um, yeah, so we leave... Uh, March 10th from uh, Manhattan Beach Pier, and uh, we are ending up at Georgetown University, my alma mater, in your, on May 15th, and uh, yeah, we're going to be going um, through, you know, 14 cities and, you know, probably 50 small communities, and uh, our goal is to raise awareness about these challenges that people are facing, and also, you know, throughout all these major cities that we're going through, there's, uh, you know, there's... We have a facility in Phoenix and one in Raleigh and obviously one here in L.A., but all these other major communities along the way, you know, whether it's um, Albuquerque or Amarillo or Oklahoma City or Memphis or Nashville or Charlotte or Richmond, they don't have facilities like that step. They don't have these um, services in those communities. So I want to, you know, make that, you know, people aware of this and educate the local communities and hopefully get some influential individuals and companies in those communities involved and inspired in what we're doing. And hopefully, you know, one day we can build facilities um, in those communities so we can support those communities. Very cool. So if people are listening in some of those communities, where would be a good place for them to go to learn more, to find out how to get involved, to find out where to cheer you on? Um, you can go to nextstepfitness.org um, and you can find the links there. Um, the full uh, URL is nextstepfitness.org backslash ride for paralysis. Um, you can also follow us on Instagram and social media at nextstepla. And, uh, yeah. And then if you want to get involved and join the ride, you can go to uh, rideforparalysis.org. Awesome. I was actually, I was looking at the route. And, I, I mean, I should know Texas better at this point. I've been here for, like, nine years. But... I was like, Amarillo, where's that? It's like eight hours away. Texas is so gigantic. It's huge. But I'm still, I'm, I'm checking out the route to see where maybe I could show up. And we need to have a fundraiser in Austin at some point. I'd love to do something in Austin. That'd be, uh, that'd be amazing. Just because it's fun. Um, it's I know. Time. Yeah, we have to have a bunch of uh, yeah, next up supporters. I live in Austin, so shout out to them. But yeah, I'd love to do something. All right. Well, we'll have to put our heads together and get something going here. Uh, well, is there anything that I haven't asked you about that you were really hoping you'd be able to share with me? Um, no, great question, but uh, let me edit this out. Let me think about that. Sure. Um, I would love to talk to your wife at some point. I feel like that, I think you made such a good point about caretakers and people in the family system. You know what I mean? Because I think it's a different experience, but one is that is equally 
as important. And I thought about asking her to come on with you, but I'm like, I'm too ADD sometimes. I feel like that would be too overwhelming to me. But um, I would love to hear, you know, from her perspective, what's been helpful to her. And um, so that would be fun to do at some point in the future. Yeah, absolutely. I'd love it. I'm sure she'd love to be on and uh, share, share her side of it. And, uh, you know, maybe we can even do one where we get a group of people. I mean, I'm sure, I'm sure it's possible. It's probably like you're talking about with your race. There's certain things that I've become used to. Now I'm used to talking to one person, talking to one person used to terrify me, but now a big group is like maybe the next step and maybe I just need to plan it. You know, you've put it out there in the world and we'll, we'll do it. Um, you know, nothing's really come to mind right now. I'm trying to think, uh, pretty much covered everything. Um, I don't know, damn it. I'm trying to blank. I mean, I feel like we covered a lot of territory. You know, you talked about the families and all the people involved, healthcare. Um, you know, one question I do have for you is what could people do to learn more about healthcare? I mean, I feel like it's one of those things that interests me, and I feel like I know something. I know that it needs to be better. But what would you say um, is a good way for people to learn more about healthcare and just kind of like become more invested in what we're doing as a country with healthcare? Honestly, the best resource today for me is podcasts. Oh, okay. Um, I listen, I'm a podcast junkie, and uh, there are a lot of great healthcare podcasts out there, too. And, um, hey, for, for example, Joe Rogan has a lot of great um, uh, people that come on there that focus on healthcare, fitness, and, and nutrition. So I would definitely look up Joe Rogan's podcast. It's been amazing. His is the number uh, one podcast, like, of, yeah. of anybody. Yeah, he's got some really great guests that are focused on, on healthcare. And also, I have a friend who does a great podcast called The PT Pipecast, uh, Jimmy McKay. Um, it's focused on physical therapy and healthcare. Um, and he has some amazing guests on there. And then another podcast that I was on earlier this week called uh, Adventures in Health is another great healthcare podcast. Oh, cool. So those, those are three that I would recommend okay. um, uh, to, to begin with. Um, yeah, that's a good start. Okay. Well, I'll make sure I um, add links to those resources as well, because I'm always looking for new podcasts to listen to. And uh, yeah. are there any podcasts you listen to that are not healthcare related? I, I, I can list hundreds of them. Really? Which ones are your yeah. favorite? Um, I, you know, I love Joe Rogan. The yeah. I listen to um, for comedy. I'm a Bill Burr fan. Okay. I listen to a bunch of those, uh, you know, the crime Crime ones, slow burns a good one. Um, I listen to uh, what else do I listen to? Um, uh, my buddy just started one called uh, the Charlie Rocket Show. Okay. So, you know, super inspirational guy. I listen to that. Um, yeah, so there's you know there's a ton of good ones out there. Okay, well I'm gonna look them up because I'm always looking for new podcasts to listen to. That was part of what got me interested in doing a podcast was I was enjoying listening to them. And then, um, now that I've started doing it, I haven't been listening as much. I think my brain needs like a break sometimes. Um, and I just listen to music, but I will check those out. Um, my last question for you, and this is what I ask everybody as a last question. What do you do to to keep yourself healthy for your own self care? Like what is something that just kind of keeps you going as you take care of yourself and you serve all these people through your company? Well, I'm obviously extremely fortunate that I have my own facility in my backyard. So I work out at next step four to five days a week, uh, three days with my trainers 
in one or two days on my own. So I'm working out, you know, two, you know, two hours a day, um, uh, you know, on average. So that's what, you know, really gets me healthy. And every morning I get up and these days, uh, that's right when I get up or soon after I'm doing a 10 to 15 quick workout on my own. And uh, I try to eat as healthy as possible and focus on my nutrition. And uh, so that's, that's pretty much what I do. And I also, um, you know, I stay very active socially. I think it's really important to spend time with friends and um, and just, you know, keep your spirits up and get out of the house as, uh, as, you know, every day. And, you know, my work keeps me motivated. So, um, I, you know, I work, I work a lot and I work hard. And um, that keeps me motivated and inspired. And, and uh, yeah. Well, I love all that you're doing, and I feel fortunate that I got to ask you all the questions I've always been wondering, because whenever I see you, I'm like, I want to know more about what you're doing, and it's never really the venue for that. So I appreciate being able to talk to you and learn more about what you're doing, and you're doing amazing work, and hopefully I will see you either for a fundraiser or for your ride. And I encourage people to check out your website so that they can learn more about it. Yeah, thank you so much. This was uh, yeah, great talking with you, and congrats on the podcast, and I really appreciate it. Thank you. Thanks for listening to this episode of The Family Brain. If you want to learn more about Next Step Fitness, check out their website, nextstepfitness.org, which has information about their services and also about Yane's upcoming ride across the country. Um, If you haven't become a part of the Family Brain Facebook group yet, please check us out and I can add you to that group so you can stay in the loop. And also check out the Instagram page, Family Brain Podcast. And if you wouldn't mind, I would love it if you would leave a review on iTunes. That would be great. It's a great way for people to be able to find this episode and find this podcast. So thanks for listening. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.